make us a favorite button on your browser. If you click it, you'll go to that page. TalkZone.com, your first choice for talk on the Internet. Let's return to All Things Employment with Vicki Causa on TalkZone.com. Okay, we're back, and we'll continue going through some of the questions that came in to us through the mailbag. And we got a question here from Roger in San Diego who wants to know, what exactly is an employment at will company? Now, let me just say that a lot of folks might have been involved in a layoff or a job action and the company is an employment at will company or when you join a company they you sign an application and on the bottom you say that you understand that that's what that is so in answer to Roger's question i wrote back to him and i said simply put us employers have possessed the right to discharge their employees for any reason be it good or bad the at will category covers employees who do not have a contract or those not protected by a collective bargaining unit or union agreement even though your company may be at will there are still certain standards that are expected to be followed. And some of these examples are performance evaluation practices should be in place and well understood by employees in such companies. And for employers to make decisions about terminations, there should be a clearly defined disciplinary process in place. Now, if used properly, it can prevent employers from wrongful discharge claims after terminations. Now, how many people absolutely, when, they, when they've been let go, immediately think they've been wrongfully terminated? And many people certainly will seek counsel, and many people certainly will let their, their attorneys take a look at those agreements before they sign them. And more often than not, the larger companies have pretty good legal and HR staffs in place that have crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's to be sure that there is no wrongful termination. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't have somebody look at your paperwork because it's possible that there has been a problem or something that was missed. However, for the purpose of the at-will question, this is, you know, you, you need to absolutely understand that this is why it's in place. It can prevent employers from wrongful discharge claims after terminations. Now, incidentally, the U.S. is the only major industrial power that maintains a general at-will rule. Canada, France, Germany, Great Britain, Italy, Japan, and Sweden all have what they call statutory provisions which require employers to show good cause before terminations. So they can't just say there's been a downturn in business and we're letting go X amount of people. There has to be a real good reason for it. But in the U.S., there is there is employment at will. Again, though, I would check because from state to state, those regulations vary. So you absolutely need to check to make sure that you are in a state that has the employment at will statutes and that you understand totally what they mean. We also got a question here from... From Let me see. Let's go to one that would really be uh, something that could be uh, useful for everybody. Okay, here we go. Martin from Silver Springs, Maryland wrote and said, after almost eight months of being out of work, I think I may be getting close to a job offer. I know the salary will not be what I was making before. Is there any way I can try to get a better offer, or should I just accept what they're offering given the economy? I can't afford to be out of work any longer. Well, what I what I told Martin in, in the reply that I gave to him is that even though the economy is tight right now, you need to be sure that what you are accepting is something that will be okay for you economically and that your comfort level dictates it's something that you can live with. But remember, too, the salary they're offering is more than likely just one part of the total compensation package. And people tend to forget that. They think they see the yearly salary that they're being offered, and then that's really basically what they'll be getting. However, there are more parts to a salary package or compensation package and just the yearly salary. Now, there are different ways to get more consideration upon accepting an offer. Now, depending on the position, 
you may be able to negotiate a sign-on bonus. Now, this is a one-time payment given to an employee upon hire or satisfactory completion of the probationary period. Or perhaps you can negotiate additional vacation time, educational assistance, or health club membership reimbursement, something that means something to you as an individual. And keep in mind that companies are also feeling in a bind, but giving these other considerations to new employees is becoming more and more acceptable and utilized. Now, just another note here that I did not say to Martin in my answer, but I certainly will share with you. If you are working with a headhunter and the headhunter helps get you the role and the headhunter is going to be paid the commission by the employer, which is how headhunters work, they are going to get the money, their commission, based on what your yearly salary is. So if you feel you'd like to talk to the employer about perhaps getting a sign-on bonus, I would probably speak to the employer about that as opposed to going through the headhunter for a couple of reasons. Number one, that's really between you and the employer if they're able to do it. And number two, the amount of money that the the headhunter will get is just based on the yearly salary. So if you do get a sign-on bonus, the headhunter is not entitled to any part of that commission on that. So the likelihood of them trying to push that may not be as as strong as you would think it would be, although, again, their job really is to get you a job so that they get paid. But you may want to talk with the employer about that separately and say, look, you know, I know I won't be eligible for a bonus for X amount of months, and or if you are hired by a company after July of this year or any year, you most likely are not going to be eligible for a raise because you started after the six-month period, which, again, is why you might want to say to an employer, I'd like, if possible, for you to consider giving me a sign-on bonus in X amount of money, and can we agree that it will be paid after completion of whatever term suits you, the probationary period, the six-month period, or however you feel most comfortable. But remember, too, that the salary package is not just salary. It's a compensation package. It's a total package. Got a question here from a gentleman named W. O'Rourke from Boston, Massachusetts, and his question was this. I've been out of work for almost a year, and my prospects are not good at this point. I'm considering cashing out my 401k since we can no longer make ends meet. What can I expect? And what I said to Mr. O'Rourke is, quite frankly, I am not a financial professional, so I cannot advise you on questions regarding your 401k, and I would suggest you speak to a financial counselor as soon as possible. However, the thing that I will say is this. If you do cash out your 401k, you are subject to taxes on the income, okay? Because remember, when you're... When that money was withheld from your account and put into the 401k by your employer, it was held what they call pre-tax. So you were not taxed on that. So you will have to pay tax on that portion and you will also most likely be subject to what they call an early withdrawal penalty, which can be quite high. So again, consult with the institution that handles your 401k as well as your financial uh, advisor because that is the only way that you're going to be able to uh, decide for yourself whether or not that's the right move for you because it's it's something that uh, you need to consider at the end of the year. It may seem like a good idea right now, but towards the end of the year, you may start to think about how am I going to pay that tax money. Okay. So then I also got a question from Mr. Hodges, a, a John Hodges in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and his question is this. I'm planning to apply to a local car service company for a position. Do I need a resume for that? Good question. Not every position requires what we would call a traditional resume, but at the very least, you should bring a list of your former employers and the best way to contact you. Years back, people used to call, carry what they called calling cards, which listed their names and addresses, which was a good way to leave a brief message or contact information. So you should do something similar. Now, regardless of whether or not the position you're applying 
regardless of what position you're applying for, you need to leave information as clearly as possible. If someone is jotting down your name and number, if they're saying to you, yeah, we'll give you a call back, how do I get you? You might want to say, well, you know, can you repeat that for me so that you know that there's no misunderstanding, especially if you're giving an email address. You want to make sure that they have your email address correctly. And on another note, even if you're applying, applying for a job that doesn't require a resume, you should still be dressed professionally, and I cannot stress that enough. In these tough times, you're facing a great deal of competition, and a first good impression could be the deciding factor of who gets the job offer. I'm not saying you need to show up in a suit and tie if you're going to a, a car service company, but you should be well-dressed. You should be clean, very well-presented, and very articulate, so keep those things in mind. Got a question here from Rob Romello in Granite Springs, New York. He asks, I interviewed for a position and was recently told I was not selected. Should I call back and let them know I'm interested if a similar position opens? Well, first I say congratulations for landing an interview because so many people have not even gotten that far. However, if you were told you're not selected for a position, the first thing you should do is send a thank you note, even if you sent a thank you note after the initial interview. This second note should be short and indicate your appreciation for the closure, right? Because a lot of people don't get that closure. So you want to thank them for the closure and you want to reiterate your interest not only in another position, but in the company overall. You might have been their second choice. You don't know that. You might have come neck and neck with somebody else. You could have been their second choice. And if the first choice doesn't work out, you've already positioned yourself very well in the eyes of the company. So you've, you've still stated the fact that you're interested and you're absolutely still at the top of their mind and you've been very polite about the process and they really do like that. So I certainly would recommend that you do that. Got another question from Carol Brennan in Dallas. Carol asks, I was planning to ask my current boss for a letter of recommendation when I'm laid off at the end of the year because I know it's coming. I was told that the company policy prohibits that. Is that true? And what I say here is that most companies have a policy against general letters of recommendation and will only provide information that states when you are employed by them. However, if you have a good relationship with your supervisor, you may ask him or her to write a personal recommendation, not as an agent of the company, but a personal recommendation. The letter would speak to your character, dependability, reliability, etc. It should not be written on company letterhead and cannot be written on company letterhead, and it, but it can include contact information where the prospective employee can reach your former supervisor. So make sure that if you know that a layoff is coming and you'd like to get some kind of a recommendation, you do that as soon as you can. So we're almost at the top of the hour here, we're almost ready to break for the, the end of the show. But what I want to do quickly is talk very um, openly about taking a step backward. If you're asked to take a step backward, if your employer comes to you and says, you know what, we've caught on hard times, we need for you to, you're the leader of the group, we need now for you to go back and be a member of the group and, you know, we'll have somebody else lead this group with another group or whatever the case may be. You know, how do you feel about that? So after years of working hard for promotions, how can you accept going backwards? Well, it's all in the way you look at it. In this day and age, finding a job is a job itself. So finding a job at the same level as the one you are leaving may be a bit of a challenge. And the higher up the ladder you climb, the fewer opportunities there will be. So you need to look at this as an opportunity to continue your work experience, if not advancing your career. If you've spoken to people in job searches, you will know that the searches are taking much longer than the usual rule of thumb. It used to be one month for every $10,000 of salary you were making. 
It's even longer than that today. So you should also look at it maybe as a temporary situation. When the market writes itself, you may be able to land a position at the same level you had when you had your last role, or the company may be willing to put you back in the higher role that you had. So keep that in mind. And then the other thing, too, you want to think about, you know, how do you handle the ego? You know, if you used to be the boss and now you're not the boss, how do you handle that? You know, what is it, you know, people still look to you to have the answers. You need to check that ego at the door. That is probably one of the hardest things you'll ever have to do. You have to approach it for what it is, an opportunity to contribute, to continue to contribute, to continue your work life, and on a practical note, to keep those benefits in place. Because if anybody's out there not working, you know how expensive COBRA is, and you need to absolutely know that if you're working, even if it's a lesser position in the same company, your benefits will continue. And today, one of the most troubling aspects of losing a job is the fact that the benefits will disappear. This is a great way to keep your benefits intact. So, and you know, what are the upside of not having those higher responsibilities? Well, there are, <laughs> there are a few of them. You spend less time at work. Since you have less responsibilities, you will not be expected to put in the same hours. More time to explore other opportunities to spend outside the office, perhaps with family. You can have more opportunities to shine in that lower position and therefore be poised to perhaps get something even bigger when the economy changes and the, and the organization is in a different situation. So, you know, you need to really think about this as an opportunity. If, in fact, you're asked to take a step backwards, don't look upon it as negative. It can certainly turn into a positive for you. Again, you continue your work history, you continue your benefits, you continue with the same company. Now, many of us have been raised to with the idea that you get promoted, you make more money, you move up the ladder, and now you're being asked to move down the ladder or to move over on the ladder. It's sometimes tougher on the ego than anything else. Most times also when you do take that step backwards, they either will reduce your salary or freeze your salary. So that's something you need to keep in mind as well. If they ask you, you want to know what does it imply for my salary? How long may this be? Is it going to impact any bonus structure that I might have been in? So these are things you have to certainly keep at the top of your mind when people are asking you to take these, to take these steps. So we're just about out of time, but I wanted to again mention the fact that we do have a new blog starting. It's called the All Things Employment at blogspot.com blog. We'd love to have you visit that and take a look and give us your opinions, give us your information, or just share some thoughts. Tell us about your situation. How will you let go? How long have you been out? What have you been feeling since you've been let out? And one of the, the blogs that's on there really is entitled, How Are You? And really, that's what we want to know. How are you doing? How are you coping with what's happening in the market and what might be happening in your industry or within your family life as far as your employment is concerned? Get on there. Talk with other folks that are in the same situation. You never know. Again, it's a great way to network as well. And you never know who may be having the same situation and can lend you some really good advice and some good information. So again, our number is 888-463-6748. We'll be back next week with another edition of All Things Employment. But in the meantime, if you have questions, comments, concerns, please feel free to drop me a line. And happy job hunting to everybody. Thank you. Enjoy your week.